and lean in. I love it. Leaning in. We're, oh my, this we're is leaning right in. Hella intimate. Get, and everybody, like, if we're speaking at this particular volume, let's go ahead and do like an actual p- human ear volume test. Yeah, it's good. Just, <laughs> it's good. We're liking it. Mm. All right. Well, welcome to Browning Out, the podcast that gives a voice to LGBTQ people of color in the state of Vermont. My name is Elena Littlebug, and I'm going to be your guest host today. And the reason for that is because your regular host, Reggie Condra, will be our guest. Everybody, if you will please give a warm welcome to Reggie Condra. Woo! Woo! Yeah! Reggie, welcome. How are you doing today? I'm good. Hey, everybody. Hey. I'm doing well tonight. I'm really excited for this. This is really fun. I'm really happy that you wanted to do this. I am super stoked to do this, my friend. Thank you very much for having me. It's definitely an honor. No problem. Um, So let's see. Do you want to start with the hard-hitting questions? Please give me your hardest. The hardest-hitting question. You want the big one up front? Wallet me. What? Oh, it's like a... Oh. oh, I thought you were asking what wallet means. It's like a, I, I wanted a, a pregnant pause so people would really listen. You just go ahead and you pop up. We're editing all this out. Okay. No, we're not. All right. So biggest, hardest hitting question. What, what are your pronouns, friend? He, him. He, him pronouns. Okay. Boom. That was it. So the rest of this is going to be smooth sailing. Softball questions after that. Okay. So uh, I'm not, uh, this isn't a question so much as let, let's go over browning out. It's really exciting. This is a, a podcast that is a bit of your like brainchild. Um, I don't remember. I do. I do remember that I was like a guest on the show. Uh, I'm not sure when that was exactly. Do you remember like yeah. the date and everything mm-hmm. like that? We recorded um, before Christmas last December 2017. Mm-hmm. So last last. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the the podcast has been going for two years now. No, 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 no. Oh, December twenty. Yeah, yeah. yeah then, sorry, I'm just then, doing numbers here. My bad. You're all good. And then we put, months. we put your episode out February, like you know, first essentially. February first. Hi, Jabari. Hi. Jabari, oh yeah, I'm calling out. you out. I'm adding you. That's what this is called. <laughs> so for anybody listening, uh, we're actually doing this live. So when you heard that, uh, you know, the cheering and the happiness and the giddiness. Uh, that's because we're live from the Pride Center of Vermont, your current place of employment. Uh, what's your title at, at the Pride Center? I am a health and wellness coordinator here at the Pride Center. Health and wellness coordinator. Uh, that that note was just so if if we're saying hey to people, it's because there are people that are showing up and enjoying the uh, the Brown and Out festivities as they're unfolding here tonight. So as a health and wellness coordinator, um, I'm not going to, I don't want to ask like, what are your responsibilities? You may. But like, I have to. Sure. Right? Yeah. This is like a job interview. That's why it feels <laughs> kind of like bogus, you know? So I've done this like a million times versus like no sweat. Yeah. Um, so I work at the Pride Center of Vermont for Glam. And Glam is a group for gay, bi, and trans guys, 18 to 35. That's the demographic that we serve primarily. Um, and our whole focus is to um, give information and tools to help folks have safer sex and prevent HIV or connect people to treatment if they're HIV positive. Okay. So basically, um, you make sure that when people are like out living their lives and, and having fun and, and, and doing it, that they're safe and they have resources to remain safe and be safe and live safe lives that are also very happy and enjoyable. Yeah. Ideally, like we, um, 
we plan events. We plan a lot of events. Yeah. Ideally, you're meeting the folks you're having the sex with there. You know what I mean? Or, <laughs> or not, or maybe whatever, you know. Um, but, but like we, I could if I wanted to. But when you get there, um, yeah, we have condoms and lube and things that will make that a safer experience. Yeah. Condoms and lube? It, it, like anything else besides condoms? Chapstick. Chap- temporary tattoos. Fuck! Yes, we've been thinking about like, like why do people fidget mess spinners. out on that? Like I feel like sometimes we've been thinking spinners. about we've been thinking about branching out into other forms of media and you know, <laughs> marketing strategies. If anyone has any ideas, we're you know always for various paraphernalia. Yeah, if anyone wants to know. workshop some stuff, maybe we maybe can do that too. Okay, cool. Yeah, <laughs> paraphernalia, paraphernalia, right? That's Bongs, like a... bong. Well, I, I mean, well. Come on. There like are legal can't. loopholes. I'm saying too much. I've said enough. You've, you have said enough. I've said far too much. I mean, but the thing is, is like, you know, shit's decriminalized, so. I mean, it's all about serving the community. Yeah. So it's about like what the community wants, you know? Yeah, right on. Okay. <laughs> I like it. That's, that's pretty wonderful. And then on top of that, like, um, uh, so like it's... It, we go way back, right? We, you know, we go way, way back. Mm-hmm. I, again, I don't know specific dates, but I've always known you to be at least uh, peripherally involved in, like, entertainment. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. Right? So okay. there's, like, uh, you have kind of, like, been a, a host for um, comedy shows around yes. town. Mm-hmm. Like, several. You went to several. I went to several. <laughs> I've enjoyed several. Uh-huh. Um uh you're kind of like a, a staple uh, among the Burlington being out and doing stuff scene. Yeah? I'll take it. All right. So, like, tell me about that. Because Brown and Out has been around for a while. Um, I want to I wanna jump right into, like, where you want to go. What, like, let's say tomorrow we just run out of queer and trans people of color. Like, there are just no more. In Vermont. In, it, it's specifically in Vermont. And we'll get back to that particular okay. fact. But, like, uh, where else do you want to go? What do you want to do? Like, what's the what's the big dream? I'm really just happy here right now. And, like, if you asked me a year ago, I would say this is the big dream. I'm not trying to be corny. Yeah, I know. I just, like, this was the dream. Yeah. So I'm in it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't really know how to project that. And I don't want to ask for too much. Because I think that's like not being grateful for the things you have at the same time. So okay. there were times where I said, you know, what am I doing in Vermont? What am I doing in Burlington? I need to go to Brooklyn. I need to go to, you know, San Francisco. I need to go somewhere where there's, you know, culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then I realized it was right here. And so I'm here and I'm happy for now. Yeah, yeah, for now. Place-wise. And as far as, you know, other things like occupation, I think this is like, I think I'm doing what I want to do right now. So... Um. Yeah. So I promise. <laughs> I promise that I'm gonna. I'm gonna drop this like uh, sort of like because I like I, I'm not at all trying to be like oh Brown and Out isn't enough Reggie like you. I don't you, feel like you're saying beca- that. yeah. And I'm like I think that I speak for a lot of people um, and not just queer and trans people of color in this state um, when I say that I think we're all really grateful. You know, since my very first like. First time, like, encountering an episode, which I, I guess that... I that. <laughs> the, I, the first time that I said, hey... in a way that didn't make sense. Do you want to be on this thing? I might end up yeah, doing <laughs> Yeah. Like, I, th- I think there was a sense kind of like, um, damn, like, I, I guess I have never needed something without knowing that I needed it so much. I needed it. Yeah, I think we all kind of needed it. Um, so... 
I guess my my question is kind of like, uh, did you, when you started out, think this can go on like as even as long as it has so far? My first thought was like, Ooh, brother, you're gonna, you're gonna run out of subject material. You yeah, know what I mean? no, that's super. Um, I, I must have heard that a thousand times. I still hear it. Yeah. So, um, but I just, I guess, I I had to at some point. Even if I didn't think that, I had to, like, trick myself into thinking that I thought that and just believe that, like, yeah, I don't know, that um, there was more out there than I had known about. Let's get way into that. You know what I mean? Like, that's really what's up is, like, there is way more. And I think that's, that's what kind of makes the podcast itself, like really really like a staple of the community is is and i'm not just trying to like sit here and you know toot your horn or the show's horn or anything like that but i really feel like uh, like i kind of felt personally i don't know if anybody else here has felt it is kind of like oh so that's where y'all are what the <laughs> like you know what i mean yeah i guess i mean maybe that was like a submission yeah to to really find out where my people were and network with them um yeah but what you said, like, oh, you're you're gonna run out of like <laughs> <laughs> subject material, air quotes. Um, that's something I heard from people of color. Something I heard from white people. Yeah. But is it? I'll let you know. It's a different tone <laughs> from like one to the other. I think uh, people of color like are hopeful to be like, oh, like good luck, and they mean like good luck. And white people are like, good luck. Yeah. Like because I think a lot of white folks feel like if they didn't already know someone from whatever networks they were involved in already that they just people just weren't there you know what i mean yeah i do i feel you on that i remember well uh so you recently i is as far as i know i just found out about it today you were on wcax yeah this morning that aired this morning we Mm -hmm. i had an interview with the great connor cyrus yesterday um right here at the pride center it was it was a lovely experience and um yeah and i'm really happy that they they thought about me to uh, to say anything on anything. That was yeah an honor. And specifically, uh, one segment that I saw was mm-hmm. kind of getting your uh, your take on what is currently. And I guess I'm dating the episode a little bit. What I is mean, the controversy. Or it is February twenty second <laughs> in the year of our Lord. Yes. <laughs> so that's dating it. But oh, are, yeah. I I was asked to speak about. Um, the Jesse Smollett case, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, <laughs> I was I was primed. I was told what was going to be asked to me, you know, mm-hmm. as professionals do before they interview. You I'm know, so they, sorry, I didn't do that. Ah, you did though. Remember, we had the little coffee summit. Yeah, but we did. Like, things have it was, changed since then. I'm going to ask more questions. I, I mean, apologize. things change, don't they? Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I really, I was sort of uncomfortable giving a hot take about that. For one thing, um, you know, this man just turned himself into police. We all know what the accusations are. We know what the mm-hmm. charges are. We, we know what the initial accusation was. Yeah. And then we know what the Chicago police are saying. And so I feel like it's sort of mm, – it's hard to ask someone to have a take on that, like, right now in the moment. I feel you. Um, yeah. But, but I was, and I did, and I said that um, – I want to honor, you know, the law of innocent until proven guilty. That's what I'm going to go by. 
Um, kind of especially in this case where, like, does law enforcement ever need a reason? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, to, to, yeah, seriously. To, like, to bring up, to, to have a case against a person of color, like, about anything. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know. I think it's a... Uh, hmm. Hmm. <laughs> can I tell? Can I tell oh, you real yes. quick? Like, I mean, I, I've seen like a couple of your takes on it. Okay, and it, these are not what I would call like quote unquote like hot takes. It's like, something that I had know, to think are... about because I'm aware that when someone films you, mm-hmm. that's forever. You know what I mean? That I mean, it's, sure. We know that that shit doesn't go away. So I, I didn't want to say something off the cuff. I didn't want to give a hot take. I wanted to say something thoughtful. Um, but I think still it's still so early and emotions are so raw. Yeah, okay. okay. Over over the entire situation that I don't know. Um any take is a hot take at this point, okay. I think. Okay. All right. But, yeah, sure. But ultimately the other thing that I mentioned in the interview was that if a person feels, you know, I'll say a white person, if a a person feels like this case, you know, and the possible the hoax of it, if it if it was a hoax, that it diminishes, you know, the legitimacy of other hate crimes against queer POC. Yeah, I feel like were you ever really in it? You know what I mean? If this I love is it. like that's the take. That's the take that I heard you make was like. Well, that's I'm the sorry. truth, though, because yeah. I feel like that's a sort of a weak allyship. It's sort of flimsy. Mm-hmm. If because you have to know that hate crimes against queer people of color didn't begin and end with Jesse Smollett, That's did right. they? That's right. That wasn't like... But I think people are sort of acknowledging and they're admitting without knowing it that this is, like, the most high-profile, like, you know, first one they ever really yeah. gave a fuck about. And the way they show that they give a fuck about it is to, you know, demonize Jesse and say that, like, oh, this is, yeah. like, you know, you're making us all look bad. And it's like, okay, but, you know. I like it. I, I like it specifically because, like... I feel like talking points like that can really be used to kind of like drive a wedge. I think it might be a bit of an alternative to what the mainstream narrative around the story is, which is basically demonizing Jesse, who still hasn't been convicted of anything. Yeah. Just for the still going through this. Literally just for the record. Yeah. Hasn't been convicted of anything. So if, if your take is that it's, it's a horrible thing for this person to have made up this story. You're basing that. I mean, that's, that's, um, it's fiction at this point. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, right. Cause it hasn't, we don't have if, that if we yet. respect the rule of law, then we'll wait for the verdict before we pass judgment like that. But if not, it just sort of tells you where a person is in their thinking around these issues generally. Mm-hmm. You know what? Okay. So I want to say first, I want like deep gratitude. Deep gratitude. Thank you for your words on that. Because um, I think, you know, people kind of need to hear that that more unifying message of this, where it's like, okay, we're not just going to, like, cut and dry. This is what it is. It's more like, let's treat this with some nuance. You well, let's know? talk about how many that. chances we give to the worst white people in the world. Do you know what I mean? I just, like, if we want to just... Mm. This is this is browning out. This is, show about, <laughs> this is about LGBTQ people of color. Let's not talk about white people. How First time that? caller, long time <laughs> listener. I just want to say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, so tough questions, tough questions tonight. Um, you ready for you ready for levity? Yeah. Let's not. Okay, 
Levity. What's your sign? <laughs> you literally know, but you're asking for the That's people. That's I'm asking for the crowd, baby. For the, for the audience. Yeah. Um, Virgo sun. Virgo sun. Okay, so this is, this is uh, like the month and day. It's where the sun was when you were born, yeah? That's what that means. Sounds like you're the expert here. <laughs> well, I'm I mean, not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna mansplain my sun sign to you right now if you already have the facts. Well, that's something. I, <laughs> I appreciate the words. Like, let's not let's not uh, give an easy ride to the cis hetero capitalist white patriarchy, right? <laughs> Virgo sun. Virgo sun. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I mean, this is where my knowledge is is limited. What is what? What about being a Virgo when you're like on Insta and you see kind of like the memes? The, yeah, the memes, the the astrology memes. What about the astrology memes, particular to Virgo, really speaks to you and your human heart? So, Wait, do we have any other Virgo sun signs? Any Virgo in sun signs? Wow! In okay. the year of our, I'm sorry, Virgo Vir- Moon, Virgo Moon over here. So. That explains so much, Ethan. Like I cannot. That's. <laughs> What, what what does it mean? What does it mean? Um, for me, Virgo Sun is, um, if not always organized, a strive to be organized. Air quotes all the time. Um, so what that really means is anxious all the time. Okay, knowing that like organization is like false. That's like you know what I mean. Like yeah, because life is so random. I'm not trying to. I mean, like okay, I had a bit. I had a bit of a CBD tincture, but. <laughs> But life is so random, y'all. You know what I mean? Like, so I think I'm always kind of striving to make order out of chaos a bit. Yeah. Um, sometimes that just causes more chaos. Um, so <laughs> sensitive, mm-hmm. analytical, anxious. Anxious. Okay. I, w- I would love to say intelligent. I would love to say creative. But that's like. Why, but that's why like, would you only love to? You think you're not creative? I think What's when up? someone says get into when they like recount the <laughs> most positive aspects of their sign, it's like okay, like you're bullshitting at this point. You know what I mean? Like, well, I mean, the thing greatest is, greatest lovers, like, strong. You know what I mean? Like, is that where you're at though? Are you the greatest lover? Do you want I to mean, go on the record right now? What I will say is Don't that... Don't sell yourself short. Like, just be real with us right now. What we, I, we've all been wondering. What I want to say is that the greatest love oh of all... Yes? ...is happening... <laughs> oh, my God. ...to Elena and I right now. I love this so I much. I love this, too. Okay. All right. Talk to me about... Oh, my God. <laughs> Talk to me about um, anxious, and the reason why I bring this up is because, like, I I am crazy nervous right now. Do you why? know what I mean? No, well, that's what I was just going to ask you about. I, Are you really CBD nervous? Tincture. I'm chill. You're you're good. I I think that I need like I mean CBD is great. Don't get me wrong, and I am feeling I'm feeling just fine. And I I want to like shout out to. The crowd that we have tonight. I feel yes. Like much love. Coming Thank you from all for direction. coming out. Thank you very much. You're beautiful and you're wonderful and you smell good. I don't. I smoked a uh, cigarette right before this, so I, mean, I smell pretty bad. bad. It's, it's fine. It's menthol. It's a variation. It's all right. Wait. Let let me let me reel things back in. Please. We've we've just gone all over the place. So I I feel pretty nervous. Do you feel nervous before um, recording a, a new episode of Brown and Out? 
Sometimes I do, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, because there is a huge unknown factor. Yeah. I'll also offer that, like, with anything, after you do it a certain amount of times, you feel more confident in your role. You feel like maybe even knowing it's a big unknown, you can still predict the unpredictable yeah. a little bit. Like, Or you allow space for the unpredictable. So it's like, okay, there's going to be a certain point where, like, I'm not going to know what the fuck I'm doing at this point. But I, if you already understand that that's going to happen, then yeah. it kind of allows you to be more calm when it does. How's it, how's it feel being on the opposite that CBD tincture. I'm trying to tell you, it's a gift. I, I think I'm just gonna have Sasha. some for my guests from now on. I'm just gonna like keep some CBD around. We should have. We should have hit up. I mean, obviously, we didn't know that we were gonna get hooked up with a really nice CBD tincture. I love our guests. Our guests are amazing. <laughs> That's number one. Number number two is is like, uh, here's my next question, mm. and and I'm just putting it out there. Mm. Uh, also for for local businesses. Um, you have a podcast mm. that has been downloaded close to 5.5K times. Someone's paying attention. Someone's paying attention. This, I mean, this you. bitch right yeah. here. Yo. Um, when are we going to see that ad revenue up in here? <laughs> I don't. That, that's such a. Um, <laughs> Yo, snaps from the audience. A, honestly, honestly. Like, that, you know. That's an interesting question. I've definitely been asked that before. I just feel like. Um, <laughs> I feel like. From the beginning, I felt like this podcast, you know, would be open to scrutiny. Yeah. And I just, you know, went ahead and did it anyway, and I'm still doing it, and I love it. But I'm still always, I think, trying to minimize what that scrutiny mm. could be, and I think it, it would be lovely, you know what I mean? But the fact remains, I have a job. You know, I, okay. am, I am employed, and um, at this point, it's not a burden. You know, it's a joy sure. to do this. And I feel like it's fairly low cost, low maintenance. Yeah, okay. Um, I might spring for coffee sometimes or a donut. Um, but, like, it, it doesn't – it's not incredibly taxing for me financially. So I would not like to act as if, you know, it is a financial burden. That's one thing. I don't – you know, I don't want it to seem like I'm struggling and, you know, it's it's taking – all of my, you know, personal fortune to put this podcast on. It's not. It's a joy. And, you know, it's, yeah, it's fairly low cost. So I don't really feel the need to fundraise or, yeah, you know, okay. try, to, try to gain revenue for Brown and Out at this point. All right. All right. I feel you. Uh, is it okay if I um, <laughs> just throw down a little bit of communist propaganda right now? I love communist propaganda. You know it's my favorite. Because, like, whether you enjoy it or not, like, it is, Money a, makes... it is a labor. Are we doing cabaret? And, uh, we're not even doing cabaret. But you know the song I'm thinking of. Wait, I don't. Money makes... It's not... I no, know. I don't you have need the to voice. Finish. You need to finish Money exactly. Money makes the world go... But the, That's also, what I'm saying. But that, is like... but that was all around, like, Nazi Germany, and I feel weird about that being, like, pop culture also. I feel... I have weird pop feelings about culture, cabaret. my friend. Oh, my gosh. Like, don't get me started. <laughs> but about monetizing it... podcasts, yes. Sorry. Yeah, right. Well, okay. So, <laughs> at the at the moment, uh, you're you're indulging in some black boy joy, if I may be so bold, and you don't feel the need to... <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm going to give you personal encouragement to not be shy about, you know, whatever you get out of this also including, you know, some sort of like financial recompense. You deserve it. You've done a great job with this. If I could get 
the crowd to support me on the statement in any way they feel necessary. Then cut the check, crowd. They cut, cut the check. Don't ask. No. Don't ask them. They showed up. They're doing labor right now. Listening to us. Okay, white people, cut thing. the check. Cut the check. Cut white people, cut the check. God, I love reparations. Okay. So, so, uh, you had met, oh, no, ADHD. Um, we have time, and there. we have the tool of editing, so. We any, do have the tool of editing. Any pauses you need are fine. Yeah, this is going to be, like, I'm about to have twins from this pregnant pause. Let me just. I get, okay, you made a pregnancy joke. Mm. Okay. Mm. Okay. I did what I did. I said what I said. Respect. Um, I want to talk to you about something that. I didn't have much information or any information about prior to when you had asked me if I would do this. Cause <laughs> okay. I, I decided to research you a little bit, popped your <laughs> name into the Google. First yeah. thing that I found was uh, a report from a while back where uh, you had experienced gun violence mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. Um, in Vermont, in Burlington. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that it would be a big mistake if we didn't talk about that, obviously. Like, not just in the sense that, like, um, you know, obviously, like, gun violence is a huge subject, but also I kind of get the feeling that, like, uh, nobody goes through something like that without it kind of leaving something behind. Do you want to chat about that at all? Sure, yeah. So I guess... Do you want to give background or anything like that? The the background, it was just, you know, one night I was walking down the street by myself and I um, I was walking behind a couple of people for uh, a few blocks and then eventually I, you know, caught up to them in pace. Yeah. And I, uh, you know, I walked around them. I said, excuse me. And they they held me up. They, like, you know, stopped me and held me up. And, you know, it was very clear that it was a robbery. And I gave them my things. And uh, I was told to run away. And I did. And one shot was let off in the air. I think that was a warning shot. Yeah. But I don't think I ran fast enough. So I was shot in the back. Um, Yeah, I was able to make it to a house and, you know, use their phone to call paramedics and they came you know and uh i was taken to the hospital and i survived uh the bullet is the bullet's still inside of me um it's to this day yeah they told me that it was caught in my fatty tissue thank god for that fatty tissue thank god for fatty tissue. and that you know it would be more harmful to do like the surgery that it would take to take it out that would be more complicated than just leaving it in really yeah so those are like they'd never caught they, they never caught the the folks that did it. Um, really? No. That was it was about seven years ago. Yeah. And um, this was B- BPD who had yeah. like done any particular investigation? Or... Yeah. No, I was, um, I was cooperative. You know, they <laughs> – yeah. I, I think – you know, I think that I don't want to give them any – more credit <laughs> more no or, certainly or more, yeah more or less than they deserve sure um there was a feeling i got at a certain point um early on in the investigation where i guess they're trying to find out if you know i was known to these people or vice versa and if this was like you know 
Do you have like drug related, yeah, gang sure. related? Yeah. And and they, well, they wanted to know, you know, what type of gun it was. And I said, I don't know. Like, I don't know what the fuck types of guns are. They're like, oh, like, okay. And it's like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm being a hard ass because I don't know what to, and it's like, you So know, you were being scrutinized by the police, basically. I, th- I like, think that, you know, maybe it's just that I, there was. Um, I think it's pretty fair to say they profiled you, right? Like, I mean, we don't have to fucking mince words or act like we're talking to white people who don't get this. <laughs> they profiled your ass and they thought, well, like, you must be involved. I, I dealt with, you know, at least one detective that I felt cared about the case. Um, I actually, this might be like a HIPAA violation or something because I'm not allowed to say who, um, when I, I worked at a library for seven years. I worked, okay. I worked yep. at uh, the Pearson Library during the time that this happened. And I later realized that a patron was one of the detectives. I'm not naming names, so whatever. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. that's cool. IDJF. Um, yeah, uh, one of the detectives who worked the case, who you know, I felt w- did care about the outcome of the case, and you know, I I went in several times and I you know looked at mug shots. Yeah, they asked me to okay. do that. They asked me to you know, make a description. I did. It was fucking nighttime you know what yeah, i mean sure. and i surely had never seen these people before um so i did my best and i got you know they i came in several times to look at you know a litany of mug shots uh none of i mean no one was ever found obviously um but yeah i remember one of the detectives did seem to be invested in it more personally not just like you know someone who was just working a case and they turned out to be one of my uh, the patrons at the library I worked at. Mm-hmm. So for years after that, I would see them in the library, and we always had a really nice exchange. Wait, would they like bring up the case or anything? No, like that? God, okay. no, okay. no. They would I didn't know in. if it was. Like they a have, weird... you know, they have young children. They came in and you know checked out a lot of books with them, and um, we were always really happy to see each other. Basically, okay, cool. And there was always kind of an understanding that you know. I don't think they were the force anymore. I think that they kind of retired to a quiet. Do you think that they had they that. had some feelings about how it was being handled? Um, I think that you know, unfortunately, you a lot of times it looks like what it looked like for me, which is one good detective and a lot of other people just kind of doing their jobs. And you know, whether the case is solved or not, or you feel safe or not, you know, once they've done what they feel is enough then they're kind of out of it yeah can i ask you do, do you feel safe um no i mean i obviously suffer ptsd from yeah. that so um i deal with anxiety you know every day so it's ironic that i think that i chose to live in a, a city that i felt was safer <laughs> than others you know what yeah. I mean? like metrically how safe is burlington right yeah okay. the safest right how safe is this state? The safest, right? Yeah, okay. And I yet, guess. and yet, you know, and I've gone, I've had too many conversations with myself in my head about, you know, basically the dangers of being a person of color anywhere in the state, anywhere in this world. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm projecting a little bit, but do do you ever feel like you're being kind of like put on blast by white people a little bit who will be like, isn't it, isn't it? like nice to know that you live in like a super safe state have you ever gotten that treatment a little bit you are you talking about um sort of a situation where folks white folks are aware folks yeah are aware of um the general violence and and um 
it's almost like they like the way that I would say it is like they're throwing shade at like different places, you know? Yeah, that's it. Sounds like, about oh, white. you're asking. <laughs> it sounds about white. It does. I mean, because it's it's always like grades and levels of safety. And sort of an idea of, like, is this good enough? Like, is this good enough? It's like, no, nothing short of full fucking freedom and equality and liberation is good enough. But we can keep, like, tossing things out and, like, you know what I mean? Kind of saying, oh, like, you know, I know you're, like, not everything's, like, perfect. And you still, like, face severe, like... like, the baby steps. Like, oh, you should be kind of, like, grateful for the baby steps. baby steps. That's something that someone who has, like, a ton of privilege and, like, comfort and safety would suggest. Yeah, for sure. When it comes to like, probably I'll heard that. Kind I of could thing. be killed. You know what I mean? And yeah, they'll, and they'll sure. never know that. So for them, like, just a, a lesser threat of violence feels like you know. Hmm. I don't want to like. I I don't want to talk about white people too much. All right, but I have this question. I have this question that's a little bit burning, um, and it might seem like I'm like putting you on blast a little bit, but I'm not. I'm, it's not that loaded. All right, wait. It might be loaded. Loaded so, up. What I'm going to give you a choice. Cannot wait. <laughs> I'm going to give you this choice. What's cooler? Uh, is it cooler that Brown and Out uh, has given you this kind of like one a platform, two an opportunity to network, and three like uh, basically like that's uh, no, a network of queer people, queer and trans people of color in the state of Vermont, or is it cooler to kind of be like? hey, white onlookers, check this shit out. Like, this is what we're doing, and and isn't this cool? <laughs> so I guess this is um, the big reveal. <laughs> um, in my heart, like, yeah. in my real, like, what is the word? Ambitious yeah. and big-thinking um, heart, I always felt like the point, the real point of this was to have a coalition of sorts yeah. of folks um, to sort of, yeah, like, right, help people find their people in a way. And also to, this is where it's like, you're ridiculous, to do nothing short of change the culture. Yeah. Do you mean it's like, um, if you've heard, you know what I mean, you know, we know yeah. that they tried it. <laughs> Okay. They <laughs> no, they but they but they tried it in Winooski, and we don't really have to get in like super into yeah, it. But okay, they but sure. they tried it, and that's where I said, "Oh, okay." People, queer people in Vermont, really, really think that the face of queer Vermont isn't you know, it's. I'm not trying to be ageist, but I I need to acknowledge like the generational shift that has occurred that a lot of um, cis gay white men who heretofore <laughs> have been the face, if you will, or like sure. the projected face, the yeah. the imposed face of of queerness in this state. I think that there um, has been a rude awakening that we're still dealing with. Um, when they tried it in Winooski, I think that was like. I feel like it needs a gate name. Am I right? Like Slurbar Gate. Slurbar Gate. Slurbar Gate. Which you know, <laughs> which I think a lot of folks want to say that. It's kind of over and done. Yeah, well. But but the reason, I mean, the real reason why I felt that I needed to do something um, was because it seemed like there wasn't equity in the conversation around queer lives. Yeah. Uh, 
in the entire state. You know what I mean? Like it's like we we know that Burlington and it's a problem, but is seen you know as a lot of to a lot of people as you know. So initially, you kind of you, you saw it as like a, a bit of a like I don't want to say rift mender, but also kind of like it was a retort. It yeah. was just it was just being so angry and feeling so voiceless. Yeah, that I wanted to make an alternative. Damn. At least like I mean like selfishly like for myself just like something that I would want to hear to be like oh cool like I'm not like you know it's not just me out here feeling like yeah. I'm not being represented. Um but yeah, so I wanted to do nothing short of change the culture and form a coalition. Also the whole time realizing like I don't know how else to like slice it. The majority of my listeners are going to be white. Like in, yeah, yeah, in this yeah. state, like the, the audience is a white audience and I just have to trust, I guess, or not. I don't know. Trust. But mm. <laughs> that being the case, um, I don't know what I was yeah, going to no, say. No, that. It's, it's cool. I, I, uh, mm, I, I didn't know what the response was going to be. Yeah. But I guess I felt I did. Yes, I did have a trust that there were enough you know white allies out there that would like get it for sure and understand and um yeah but then i don't know it sucks to feel like you you need that audience for your your thing to get any traction but that's the case yeah it's not a platform if you don't really have like a (laughs) but it has it's it is a platform and it is like all right can can i tell you why i I phrase that question in that way so because I, I, it was just something I was thinking of today, um, where I saw like an image online of a poster that was in a bathroom, and it was a, it was like, um, basically a poster speaking, kind of to in its words to uh, trans and non-binary people, being like, this you are welcome in this bathroom, like nobody should be telling you that you can't use this bathroom. And I was thinking about it like as much as that the wording of the poster is you're welcome here and if anybody gives you shit, you can find people to talk to like, you know, report this to or whatever it might be. It is also a message to other people who see that who may not be trans or non-binary, right? And I was thinking about that in the context of the podcast, where as much as it's a message kind of like whatever a guest might be bringing to the table, um, it might it's their voice and it's their message, as much as it is kind of like this beacon of like, I don't know, it could be like an SOS of sorts to each other. It also is a message to you know, the rest of anybody who's, like, dialing in the radio. You know what I mean? And, and that's I can't, something that I've, like, appreciated. Well, I can't escape it. Like yeah. I said, you know what I mean? Like, knowing where I am, a lot of the ears that this is going to hit are white folks' ears. So, yeah. you know, I, I do know my audience. I am aware of my audience. And I don't censor myself for my audience. Um, but, yeah, it's an interesting position to be in knowing that, like, Talk to me about uh, about like response. I had my first email right. kind of like 
being like, oh, hey, thanks for being on that show. I listened to it. You're really rad, blah, 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 um, from somebody two or three weeks ago. Mm -hmm. They had just listened to that episode yeah. from the first one. Yeah. I was like, it, when I got that, I was like, damn, Reggie's inbox must be like, like, thank you so much. for. I'm going to let you keep thinking that. that. You, oh, oh, my God. My oh, DMs are dry. Oh, oh, no. Yeah. That's a shame. They're on... Did you hear me, white people? That shit's a shame. They're on stale rye, Yo, my DMs. Seriously. That's fucking wild to me. Um, I just want to... The, the one thing I want to say is that I do have mixed feelings, no pun intended, sure. about... Because I'm... Because of... Oh. Because of... Oh. <laughs> um, I'm going to let that one... <laughs> oh, my God. I'm sorry. That's a, like crazy screechy laugh but damn about about knowing <laughs> i'm trying to take a, a sip of water right now but i well, can't because i know i'm gonna like i love you know everything there's humor in everything i guess but it's a it's a mixed feeling knowing that like the the most important work is making queer poc visible as best as i can like using like whatever little Bit, like, you know, my, my privilege, my position, my platform, all the things that everyone should always be using to uplift queer POC, I am doing that, and that's the main mission, but also knowing that what it really does, and I know this from the feedback I've gotten, is act as a sort of therapy for white people, is it's, a, if it's an interesting feeling. Let me just say it's an interesting feeling. Yeah. It's, it's complicated. Right. Knowing that that is also the work that I'm doing. Can I be real with you right Please. now? Please. As far as, like, the therapy goes, mm. like, maybe this is such a bad joke. I cannot wait. Like, when, when I did my episode with you, yes, it was my white half that was going to therapy. Tell me more about that. No, I'm interviewing you. Like, what are you talking about? I just thought that would be a funny joke. But it's not. It's a terrible joke because, like, you know... Mental health is definitely stigmatized within the black community, and mm. like it's not within. I mean, it was. It fell flat. Just let it go. So, <laughs> so, so. <clears throat> we've covered a lot of ground so far tonight, <laughs> <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Um, I want to go. Like, do you want to do a rapid fire session real quick? Absolutely. Yeah, I don't. Not knowing this. what you mean by that, just gonna like. Throw out a bunch of questions. They're going to be like ball, most, mostly rapid fire. What is your fire rapid thing. ball? So we know you're a Virgo. Can't ask that. Sure. Uh, year, year of your birth? <laughs> 1987. Ooh, me birth. Me, me birth. Me birth. Me birth <laughs> um, Same birth. Fa favorite color? It changes. It varies. I really, with favorites, I've always been this way. I just feel like it's um, hard for me to commit. Can we just... You can't do rapid fire with, like, queer people. It's impossible. It is, like, confirmed impossible to do rapid fire with queer folks. I know, so no, today I'm feeling like... I'm surprised a... that we're able to, like, sit in these chairs properly. I heard there's, like, this, this new thing going around where, like, apparently queer folks can't sit in a chair. Is that a meme? Properly. That's a meme. Okay. It is, for sure. Okay. I, I can't sit like that. That's ridiculous. Um, we're just gonna go with blue. Blue is your favorite color. Um, what? What's your favorite movie? My favorite movie or film is still, I think, 
Magnolia. It's a movie that um, I saw that one. You should. We yeah. will. We're gonna do that. Yes. I know. Um, it's you know, I really like the director. I really like their style. It to me, it seemed very different than a lot of movies I had seen at the time. It was it was mainstream in a way. Tom Cruise is in it, which is like oh cringeworthy. More now, like I didn't. I was like oh, like cool. with the context of yeah, just his entire life. Yeah. But um, <laughs> but when I was a kid, because I was when I was a kid, I was very queer and. From as young as I can remember, I was into, you know, independent movies and, like, fashion magazines. Like, these are things that, like, I craved and sought out. Yeah. And, like, really devoured. Um, and, yeah. So, I liked that I knew it was... Bye. Bye, Jabari. <laughs> Jabari has to go. Oh, it's oh, locked? Oh, shit. We just... Okay. You you go help I'm Jabari. This we'll just... The magic of editing should take care of this particular situation. That's a, see, the thing was was that we weren't planning on letting any of you out. So, uh, welcome. This has been fun. Thank you for coming. I'm so excited about it. I don't want any of this to be edited out whatsoever. I, I definitely want there to be an entire segment where you can like softly hear the jingling of keys as we... As, as uh, Reggie tries to free people from here. You're not. You're cool as a cucumber. Bye. Oh, is that going to be a thing too? Front door? Reggie. What'd you call me? Let's see. Maybe I could. I'm going to try to be quiet because I want to see if I can make a secret message for Reggie and whoever edits this later. Like, hey. Uh, I hope you guys are having fun in like audacity or whatever you're using to edit this. Uh, I don't, I don't actually do. I don't know what ASMR is. So we didn't. You didn't. A rapid we're doing fire, rapid fire. Spit we got fire to Magnolia. Um, oh yeah. What else to say about that? It's a film that's still stuck with me. It's a long one. It's three hours. It's surrealistic. It's. Um, Philip Seymour Hoffman stars in it. Rest in oh, peace. God, I Ju- love him. Julianne Moore, a perennial favorite. Um, they were in. They were in two movies together. They were totally in the Hunger Games together too. Work. Yeah. Yes. Who could yeah. forget? Who could forget? They're also in Boogie Nights. No shit. I mean, yes shit. Wow. Um, yeah, I'm a big Paul Thomas Anderson fan. I'm giving that all away. Mm-hmm. Also, do the right thing, for sure. Um, right up there, Spike Lee. Is that Spike Lee? Okay. Yeah. I'm also <laughs> like. I hate that all my faves are problematic. It seems like... Yeah, right like, now, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> this is not rapid fire. Uh, yeah, I didn't... We got hung up on that. But if you have more... Um, no, I don't. I wanted, I wanted to see if... Can, can now be the time where, like, if anybody in our beautiful studio audience has questions for you that we might be able to do that? Yeah, we'll take Like, you can ask. You the don't pickup, feel I need to pressure, repeat your question for the listeners. A certain audience member thought this would be a good idea. What? Um, what? Connor. He did. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> thought that um, Connor um, was in the audience for the last live Brown and Out recording we did from the barn at the Pride Center with oh, Gustavo. Yeah, yeah. Right. When um, I interviewed them. And Connor's feedback, which I took to heart, as I do, um, credit where credits do, was that we should have a Q and A. So that's why I'm opening up the floor now we, for that. We could either do it now, right? Or <laughs> it sounds like we're doing it now. <laughs> if you want to let things brew, 
Oh, good. Now that you know that that's a thing. Work. Then we. Oh, Sasha has one. Ooh, Sasha. So Sasha's question was, do you have a doppelganger due to the like overarching, I'm going to say fucking cultural phenomena that is people being like, oh, like, I think I've seen you here. And this could be like hit or miss if I'm right, Sasha, is where like white people ask me if I'm other people of color. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah. That's a, yeah. Is that how many? Ab- about as often as you'd think. Who, do you know who you get mistaken for? <laughs> Other POC in Burlington. Yeah, you, <laughs> I'm not you gonna haven't like, figured out like, yet. But um, sometimes it makes sense, but mostly it, it does not. No. Yeah. <laughs> Can I be real with you? Please. And with the audience? Yes. Uh, I used to mistake. There's one gentleman that worked at the co-op, and he worked at Earth Prime Comics, whose first name I still don't know. But when I first moved Leave your to name in the comments, our friend. <laughs> I mixed up him and Craig Mitchell all the fucking time. Did okay. you too? Yeah. I know, I know the- Vindicated! Oh, that feels so... I am not the... I'm... I mean... Yeah, it's time to let that go, probably. Any, like, guilt, like, residual that you were feeling about that, it's probably time to let that go. I'm not saying edit that shit out, but... <gasps> we just dropped the recording device. We were not supposed to do that. It's an easy fix. It's an easy fix. Any other questions at this time? Any other questions? Yo, Eric, do it. What's your biggest inspiration for Brown and Out? Eric's question is, what is your biggest inspiration for Brown and Out? Um, I think, I guess this is the, the place where it's y'all. It's you all. Oh. That's it. Oh. Sorry. Bye. <laughs> this interview is over. No, it's, um, yeah, it's every, it's all of my guests. So just knowing that there's people out there that want to talk is the inspiration. Yeah. Are you are you someone who consumes podcasts? Do you have any recommendations for us or anything yeah. like that? Everyone should listen to Black to Our Roots. Okay. That's a local podcast um, uh, produced by black women, featuring black women. And I think that's um, the, the best local thing going right now. Okay, cool. Yeah. Right on. You've had on... Now, is that... Is that UVM or like um, affiliate? Some, Excuse me. Some folks uh, who run that do work for UVM, yeah. Okay. Cool. I wouldn't say it was affiliated. Thank you for the <laughs> podcast tips. I dig it. Yeah, yeah I'm, a bad, I'm a bad podcaster. I think that um, if I'm being honest, I, I have a lot to learn from a lot of other podcasters and interviewers, period. Um, but <laughs> I don't know. In a way, you know, I have that weird thing where I'm committed to doing my own thing. Yeah. Um, you know, I ask for help. I'm not afraid to ask for help, but I also, I don't really want to be confused for another podcast or fall into a format that I think is, you know, typical of all podcasts. I'm not trying. That's not the goal. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, I don't think anything about the whole concept is orthodox in the first place. So if we don't, mm. you know, we don't have theme music, we don't have, you know, an original song. Um, or Do you want one? Low-key, yes, but also, like, I'm going to let that just unfold organically because... Uh, let the universe come, co- <laughs> make it come to you, right? I've spoken it into existence. I just did it, so yeah, it's out there. thank you. You hear me, myriad universes which exist. Let's... let's There's go. infinite. There's an infinite number. <laughs> Are you talking about the multiverse right now? 
Am I? All right. So, real talk. Yes. What is Shadow Universe Reggie doing right now? Also, Brown and Out podcast, but it's different. <laughs> also, Brown and Out podcast, but it's different. Yeah. That's my question. You want me to ask you again? What is Shadow Universe Reggie doing right now? Is it also Brown and Out podcast, but it's different? I think I said it that way exactly. I'm not sure. Yeah, maybe uh, Shadow Universe is trying to highlight, you know, folks who don't get highlighted as much on the universe that they're on right now, too. And maybe I can't speak the language of the people that those are. And I don't want to, you know, not give justice to them by not pronouncing that correctly. Yo, you're like multiverse theory. You're, you're multiverse lore? This is what I was asked. I'm trying to do the best Top with what nine. I was asked. No, I just threw you, like, a swervy, curvy ball, and you just na- you knocked it out of the park, my friend. Appreciation. No problem. Any other questions from, from our audience? Connor. I'll, 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 I'll. What you got? Okay, so you talk about how a lot of your audience are white people, and they're the ones that are listening. So my question is, how can you use your podcast to... Ooh. So Connor's Connor's question, uh, let me frame it, and I'm going to try to frame it the exact same way. So we were talking earlier about how uh, basically there's kind of like the difference between uh, your podcast audience being, you know, people of color on the one hand uh, or queer and trans people of color. And then for like the multitude of white folks that exist here in Vermont. And he wants to know... Like, wh- I oh my gosh, it was such a hard question. It's a two-parter. Con- Connor Connor wants to know, given that you know the audience just numerically is majority white, how do I work to bring people together and to right. prevent divisiveness? But I think preventing divisiveness isn't my job. I think that divisiveness exists. I think that by calling attention to the fact that people of color and white people aren't treated the same and live different lives, not the same lives. There's not a black monolith. There's not an Asian monolith. There's not a POC monolith where we all have the same experiences. But I know, I I knew before I started this, and I know definitely now in the work that I do, that we do share a lot of the same experiences that we can't get away from you know what yeah. I mean they, they need to be addressed because in addressing them we're saying the truth and I think that a lot of white folks like to be coddled they like their message of racial harmony delivered with no anger no frustration no sadness no anxiety right because um, it feels more comfortable for them, and I think that's never going to be the mission of this podcast. I think that if you're a white person and your takeaway from listening to any of these episodes is that my aim is to divide people, I think that... Um, right. Yeah, yeah. I think that my focus has always been on bringing queer POC together. And I think when we're brought together, we're able to show ourselves and if they're paying attention and care to pay attention, 
we're showing white folks also who we really are, which is not stereotypes. It's not whatever the fuck the media wants our narrative to be. It's it's a multiverse. You know yeah. what I mean? It's it has myriad endings. It's not one thing. So I think if your eyes and your ears are open, you'll never see the podcast as a a tool of division. Right. It's about uniting queer POC. That's first and foremost. I think if white people feel left out, that's sort of like expected. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like, yeah. And I mean, they're, we they're hear not, that all the time. Bye, too, Eric. Right? It was good to bye, see Eric. you. Because they're not being centered. We, we hear and that so a lot, too, it's, don't we? It's, it's kind of like a little bit of a... Sorry if I can jump in. It's yeah. Like the, I mean, when I hear that... And Connor, this is not an accusation whatsoever. I love from, Connor. From the, shut up. I do too. Oh, no, but like I, that question is used to kind of like gaslight us a lot of the time. Am I right? Where it, it's like the division was already there. I think right. Like I, our our acknowledging that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess, what do you think about that? Like, yeah, I, I mean, think, well, I don't I, know. <laughs> what I want to say is, and I hope, I hope that this is satisfactory to the audience. I want to say that, and I, I hope it's clear in every interview we do, that the main, main mission of this podcast is to show the humanity of the folks that have come in and chosen to take their time to sit down with me and have a conversation about their life. Yeah. I think that if you can see that um, for what it is and you still feel that I, I'm, I'm not trying to bring people together, then I don't know if um, you're listening to the right podcast. Yo, okay. I feel you. I think that's like a really kind of beautiful summation because it really kind of says I'm not making this to like make people feel comfortable like I'm making this because well I mean maybe some people but like I'm making this to you know you kind of stated it is like to give give a voice to bring people together like the myriad of good things that come out of this kind of like speak for themselves yeah well, what hasn't worked historically in this country, and I think it's evidenced by the rise in hate crimes yeah. in recent years, is that um, the advice commonly given to queer POC, POC in general, black folks, in my experience specifically, the advice to, you know, pull up your pants, to, to put on a suit and tie, to conform to what is I don't, there's not another word for like the white mainstream. That's all it is. You know what I mean? It's, it's the mainstream we've been given. What about like, which is white dominated. I think that the advice commonly given, um, it, it hasn't worked and it won't work because what it involves is denying yourself your own humanity. Definitely. Um, I think that we've all inherited a system and, and the more we sort of try to play into that system, even if we think we're gaining, we're losing. Yeah. So, like, I mean, 
what I get from that is basically like this idea of like a successful, you know, black person or queer person or trans person. Like this, this sort of idea isn't something that we necessarily came up with for ourselves. And to try to like everything that we do, if, if we're trying to shoot towards um, a model of success that wasn't necessarily created with like us in mind, us in mind with our innate selves in mind, probably is not going to serve us ultimately. Yeah. Okay. You just, you just give me joy. Just give me joy. Thank you. Um, you knocked that one out of the park, Reggie. Cool. <laughs> Can I just say? Yeah. You've done a beautiful job so far. Thanks, Selena. I know I, th- <laughs> I, I thanked you at the beginning of this episode, but again, I think everybody maybe, if we could give thanks for Reggie one more Clap time. before you leave, Ethan. Thank you. Love you, Ethan. Bye. Have a good night. Thank you for coming. Bye. <laughs> We're probably wrapping up soon, right? Yeah. Just hypothetically. Yeah. Uh, do you want to... Did you want to do... Like, the any closers? Do those closers that we do. Oh, two more yeah, questions. The, oh, Connor. no. Connor has more. There's two. There's Here, I can't yeah. wait. The one is, what's the hardest question or what's the hardest <gasps> conversation you've had on your podcast? It, oh, so uh, Connor's first question. This is going to be a two-parter again. What's the hardest conversation that you've had on your podcast? And I guess we'll let you answer that and then we'll go to the... Um, second parter. Ooh, um, I like how pensive you just got. <laughs> I guess it's something I don't really think about that often. Um, <laughs> good gosh. Oh, I think the hardest conversation I had was with Connor. Um, mostly because they work in media. Oh. And, and so... In a way, while I'm having that interview, I'm cognizant of the fact that I am talking to a real professional, and if I am not on my P's and Q's, I might get checked and have to edit that part out. That that was the hardest so, one. How's that? One of my Connor? favorites. One of my favorites. But someone was sweating under their collar. Oh, nice for that occasion. Well, like okay. So what's the the second part? Who's been your best lover? Who has been your... Wait, are you saying... Are you using the term lover as in, like... Oh, my gosh. It's up to... It's up to your imagination. My best lover... Who is it? Knows who they are. (laughs) Booyah. And... And if they are listening... If they're listening... Thank you. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Connor is a whole ass mess. And yeah, that, that, that's like will, the that will stay in this episode. Connor's a whole ass mess. Um, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and I'm just going to like executive decision right now. Uh, you cannot edit that part out. Please. No, it all stays. It stays. It stays. Thank you. Um... um those were awesome questions. I Thank thought you, I audience. came here like super prepared and I'm really happy that I got to rely on all of y'all for like part of my job. That feels so good. Thank you so much for showing up. I really appreciate Thank it. Thank you. I've been, I've been Elena Littlebug for Brown and Out podcasts, the LGBTQ pe- people of color podcasts in the state of Vermont. <laughs> and, and this has been my guest, 
Reggie Condra, everybody. Thank you so much. Thank you, Elena. Thank you. What do we do now?